we're gonna be talking about quarantine dating. This bitch has arrived. But we've got Serena fucking Kerrigan right here. Truly, I honestly think like, this is the time to date. What is one of the worst dates that you've been on? Dating is a hot mess. I live by this principle. If a guy likes you, you will know. And if he doesn't, you'll be confused. I was like, no. All I care is like, I wanna make people happy, laugh and be empowered. Welcome back. It is officially time for episode three. We are the Millennial Girls Podcast. I'm Raquel and Natasha. And we are hoping you guys are staying safe in quarantine, you know, social distancing, staying at home. That's why we are doing everything we are doing via Skype, Zoom. Thank God for technology, right? Yes, for sure. I feel like I'm going to be meeting a lot of people online. Yeah, and uh, speaking of quarantine, clearly I got a little bit bored with the blonde hair, guys. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes you get a little change up. Hopefully you can actually, like, distinguish my face from my room. The best uh, there's is, not enough pink the best in my part life. Is, like, we have, right, so we always have to say we do do this on YouTube, right? Because every time that we do anything, like, post on social media, everything is always pink. So I feel, I almost feel like I kind of, like, I'm not on brand right now because I'm wearing, like, a leopard print blazer and like I look really cute like business chic or whatever but Raquel's got the full on millennial girls branding right now she's got the pink unicorn in the background she's got pink hair a pink blouse but you just watch it on YouTube she looks cute we are we are I'm bored you know that millennial (laughs) pink is actually a color really yeah millennial pink is actually a color Mm-hmm. We, I didn't know that, but this explains everything about my life. I feel like <laughs> in this moment right now, everything just made sense. You just found your identity. <laughs> I literally just found my identity. Everything now makes sense for me as a person. Wow. It took 27 years in quarantine, but we figured it out. I guess, <laughs> it, you know, it happened eventually. I'm actually really excited about this episode, guys, because we've had a couple different kind of episodes for you last with episode we had with Sammy Ariaga, country singer. It was kind of heavy. We talked about, you know, social media bullying and just standing up for yourself. The first video was an intro to us as millennial girls. This episode is so much fun. We are going to have a very special guest and we're going to be talking about quarantine dating or just how everyone's coping with everything. And she is so much fun. Natasha's obviously engaged. Show the ring girl. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if I can contribute to the dating conversation, but I will say that I've had a, you know, had my fair share of single life stories. So I can definitely, I can hang, I can hang. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. And Serena Kerrigan is our guest and she is a riot she's all about women empowerment and confidence which i feel like is obviously so on brand for us and i feel like right now obviously our demographic is mainly strong independent ladies so this is going to be a good one i'm i'm the single she is the snatch that is going to be the name of this episode love it what we were talking about having serena on and i was like i already have a name for the episode i'm pumped so she came up with the term kind of quarantine boyfriend. So we're going to be asking her about that. She's been doing a blind dating show on Instagram live. She's in it to win it. And I am all about this content because it is so relatable and so funny. And I'm actually, Natasha, I'm really excited to see 
the responses we're going to get from oh, yeah, girls for sure. and ladies because I feel like they're going to be like, oh my God, I, I had a quarantine boyfriend or I was doing this weird like quarantine dating <laughs> thing and I'm definitely not. I'm my boyfriend is this podcast. Right. So. I was going to say like my second boyfriend is this podcast at this point. So Literally, Raquel, is like my, up late. Raquel is my uh, I'm having an affair with Raquel. So basically because we were on literally we're on, you know, Skype and, and everything and FaceTime until like 3 a.m. getting all these episodes out. So we basically fall asleep to each other and we wake up to each other. So right. and we're not joking. This is serious. But no, thank God. I'm super thank excited to have Serena on, though, for sure, because I feel like I'm like you so said, excited. I'm super excited for like any of you ladies or I'm sure it can relate in just relationships in general. But I'm like excited for even like my single girlfriends who are going to be like, oh, my God, like I wish I did that or, you know, whatever she's, you know, whatever she has in store for us because she is a firecracker. Let me tell you. Yeah. That's why I wore my I leopard mean, print today. That's why I decided I was like, well, if I dye my hair pink, at least it's for the episode with Serena because she <laughs> is going to, you know, understand what's happening right now in quarantine. So, all right, Natasha, I think we should just bring her on. I, I think this is going to be such a fun-filled episode that we might as well just get straight to her. What do you think? Let's do it. Alrighty, so we are going to jump right in with our very special guest today. I told you guys, we are so excited. I don't even know if excited is the proper word, but she zoomed in because, you know, obviously coronavirus and COVID, we can't have anyone anywhere within our vicinity, but we've got Serena fucking Kerrigan right here zooming in. Welcome, girl. Thank you so much for having me. I'm loving this pink moment on you. Oh my God, thanks. And you know what's so funny is Natasha actually just told me there's actually a legit color called millennial pink. And I was like, in this moment, did I just re realize my identity as a human being? I think so. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Quarantine, I was, the roots were so bad. I had to do something. As, as a fellow blonde sister, you understand what that is about. It's painful. It's painful, but you know what? We're just gonna roll with the punches here in quarantine. So, okay, you are killing it right now. You are a content creator. You are the queen of confidence. And I have to, I have to ask, did that always come from like within or did you have to work on that? Because I know even with myself and Natasha, as we get to this point, we're both radio personalities in Miami. Growing up, you kind of have to discover who you are. You are. Did you, or did you always know that this is the kind of badass girl you wanted to be? Oh my God, no. Confidence is a journey for everyone. I don't think anyone wakes up, especially being a woman and you know being indoctrinated from a young age of like what we should look like, like how should we, how we should act, like how men are gonna you know give us our happily ever afters. Like no, it, it took a lot of unlearning and relearning and my journey really started when I was a freshman at Duke and I was super insecure. Like it was like a new school. And like, I remember like, I felt really invisible. Like, I didn't feel beautiful. And like, I'm sad for the girl that I was back then because like, I was great, but I just didn't believe it. And I'm someone who's super outgoing. And I definitely like, am a badass girl who's like, wants to walk in a room and have everyone look at her. But I just like, was not feeling it. And so I changed my middle name to fucking as a way to like, remind myself and tell everyone like, this bitch has arrived. And I think that, you know, it helped me really mold and like nurture my confidence. Um, because it was kind of like a fake it till you make it thing. Like I was like SFK was a character that I put on and eventually Serena and SFK kind of just became the same person. So definitely it is not something that just appeared out of thin air. It's, it took a lot of 
took a lot of time, but it, what I realized was like my journey is not some like special scientific thing. It's free and anyone can have, anyone can be confident. Um, so I was like, I want to, you know, share my journey, talk about my journey and really be that person where I'm like, I want to, if it was someone wants to be confident, like they come to me or they think of me or they watch my content and hopefully that lifts them up. Oh, totally. And I mean, even from me just watching your content, I was like, I gotta be even more confident. And I'm, I'm, like to say I'm a confident person. We both are, obviously. Myself, Natasha, you being in the industry we're in, you have to be. But of course, there is that fake it till you make it aspect of things that just comes along with it. I feel like especially now in 2020, a lot of people want to become content creators, right? That's pretty much, I mean, every couple of people you see on Instagram is a comp content creator, influencer. There is a lot of hard work behind that, though which people don't know. So with someone transitioning and wanting to become more of the content creator like you, how do you think confidence helps with that? And what are some steps or, you know, some key factors people can, can take to make themselves a better content creator that's confident? Totally. I mean, I was a video producer at Refinery29 for three and a half years. And I left a month before quarantine happened. And I was like, I'm just going to do my damn thing, work on my brand. Cause I believed in my, I believe in my brand so much. And I believe that it has a lot of power. It's unique. Um, but I was used to like having a studio, having a producer, a DP, an editor, hair and makeup, like a new outfit. And then quarantine happens. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I'm literally all by myself. And I wasn't confident. I totally had imposter syndrome. I was like, I'm not going to be able to make anything. Like I was like scrambling. Like I was like shooting tons of content so that would last me. Of course, yeah. I ran out immediately. And I was like, all right, I got an iPhone, a lot of ring light. I got my beautiful fucking face and my roots. Um, <laughs> like I was like, you know what? Like I'm just going to do it. And I produced some of the best content I've, content I've ever made in my life because I believed in myself and I took risks and I, you evolve, like you become better with time. And I think it's so important for you to just fucking start. You just have to start like the same way you guys started with your podcast. I'm sure episode one is a lot different than the, the episode we're at now. Right. Because you just keep getting better. You keep learning, you, you know, and it's with anyone in any kind of job. So whenever like someone is asking me for advice, I'm like, I don't give a shit about your resume. Like, I don't care about like where you intern. I'm like, what are you making? Like, what have you made? It doesn't, it doesn't matter if no one's seen it. It doesn't matter if it's bad or shitty quality, but the fact that you continue to make something, you're going to become better and better and better. So that is like my large piece of advice. And also to just honestly not stop caring what people think. Because like when the second that I was like, I am making this because I love it and I think it's funny and great. And I just stopped caring. It was so liberating. Like I used to like be scared. I used to be scared about like if a guy were to see me talking about sex and I was like, you know what? Like it doesn't fucking matter. Like I love having sex. I don't think that I should be like shamed about like about talking about it. And also if a guy is, you know, not down for me because I talk about like giving a blow job, which like so fucking sorry, like women do that, then like that's not the guy for me. And I realized like the more I stopped giving a shit about everyone's like reaction and just started focusing on my work, how I can be better, it was so so liberating. And guess fucking what? Everyone loves it. Like you said, quarantine. So we're used to having like producers and stuff too and we're like, uh right. Great. That's the thing. It's like you're still doing it, right? And I think yeah. for me, it was like, 
I realized I was like, I can do all of this. Like, I don't need like all of these like resources. And I really do think too, like the more limited you are, the more creative you'll be and the more you'll think outside of the box and the better your content will be. Oh, totally. And I think, I mean, if quarantine's teaching us anything, it's we're learning a lot just in general, because obviously you don't have a whole team right now. It's, it's us or yourself. So I feel like there's a huge misconception with becoming a content creator. That's like, oh, well you have people help you do someone edits for you. Someone we were up until 3 a.m. last night editing our episode two. It's, it's, it's yourself. And I mean, like you said, you know, confidence is definitely key. But I want to go back to talking about your dating show because it's amazing. It's so great. Me and Natasha were watching it. And I also uh, went on your live where your friend was on. I guess she had done some blind dates as well. So there's just so much going on and it's it's very relatable because I know Natasha had mentioned her friend was talking about quarantine <laughs> dating. Even her fiance's daughter was like my quarantine yes. boyfriend. And you kinda you kinda came up with the term. Corona so, boyfriend, yeah. Corona boyfriend. So how did that happen? It's so funny. It was literally like right before New York City went into lockdown. So I think it was like the second weekend of March and my roommate like bounced to Connecticut to be with her family. And I was like, I literally just posted a story. Like we wasn't even like quarantine yet. And I was like, do I need a Corona boyfriend? Like, do I need someone? Like, I feel like I was like, I'm someone who's like super empowered. Like my main thing is like, I'm a career oriented person. I'm not in the mood to find a relationship right now, but obviously quarantine changed things. And, and I basically defined a Corona boyfriend as someone who like, maybe like you dated in the past and like it kind of fizzled out or like maybe you wouldn't really want to continue dating them, but within quarantine, it's a different story. And then when quarantine ends, like the relationship ends. But time just like flew by and I couldn't not lock someone down. And, and I felt a lot of anxiety in the beginning. I was like shocked with how, how someone like me who feels super self-sufficient and independent and happy to be alone felt super lonely and anxious about being alone. And it really kind of rocked me. Like, I was like, wow, like, who am I? Like, am I, you know, a fraud? Like, am I secretly actually really unhappy, whatever. And I did a lot of research and it's, it's completely normal to have that anxiety, especially given the situation that we're in. And, you know, I realized also it's actually just like a really good time to date because like, yeah, the time we don't have to like meet up. There's no like logistical planning. Like you literally could wear fucking sweatpants. Like you could go on four dates in a night. You can, you don't have to worry about the bill or if, is, he, is he just trying to fuck you? Like there was just so many things that I feel like have limited me in the past because I'm so busy that I'm like, wait, like this could be great. And I was just like, I remember it was a Friday night and I was so bored because I'm usually like blacking out on a Friday. Like I'm like getting cold. <laughs> and I was like- White cloth. <laughs> right? White like, cloth. Wait, wait, what if I like started just dating people like live? Like I love live. I did a lot of live content at Refinery29. Like I know the format very well. And I'm also like, I'm like, for me, it was like inspiring women too. Like, FaceTime dating isn't that crazy. It's not that scary. It's actually great because like, you'll know immediately if you connect to someone. In fact, like in the future, I feel like we're all gonna start pre-screening dates instead of wasting Hell our yeah. time. Going like four hours of our week like, on a date. Like now we can just like be like, yo, let's fucking FaceTime. And I think that what it does too is it empowers women. Like if Serena can do it in front of 30,000 people for two hours, then I can do it alone in private with a guy. You know what I mean? So it's really taken off. It's really fun. I have a second date tonight with one of the guys. Um, 
which should be interesting. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's great. Like my mom is in reality television and she always was like, nope, you're not getting your own show. You're not gonna be on The Bachelor. Like, nope, you have no control over how you're portrayed, how people perceive you, like absolutely not. And I just think it's funny that I was like, okay, like, well, I'm gonna make my own that. <laughs> and, and she totally supports it because I'm in complete control, right? Like I decide, I mean, I don't know who I go on dates with. I do have a producer to vet them because I think there's a really fun element of the fact that I just have no idea who I'm about to talk to. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about the behind the scenes? So like, how does it, how do they get chosen? And then like, do you know anything about them? Or like, tell us the process behind the whole thing. Right. So, and just to give some background, it's called Let's Fucking Date. It's every Friday at 8.30 PM. And I do the date for an hour. And then after I have an after show where people call in and we've had like Chris Appleton call in. We've had Ariana Maddox from uh, Vanderpump Rules. We've had like fun celebs like chiming. Cause like it's, it's an addictive show. Obviously I want to get you guys on the after show. Oh, yeah. And basically like it's so funny that we're like already have to find dates for Friday. It's like, it's like, I can't even breathe. And we're already like, basically like in the beginning, it was just like, it was very difficult to convince people, obviously to convince guys to do it. So we would like have dates and then they would drop out. And I really wanted to keep it blind because I just think it's just so funny if I just don't know anything. Um, and I really want to go into it with an open mind. And, and I feel like it makes me, makes you realize like how much information you really have before you go on a date. Right. Like we, we obviously the Facebook stock and the Instagram, whatever. And like, I really just like want this to be kind of like genuine curiosity about the person. And I think that that authenticity really resonates with the audience on camera. It's like the whole thing is so authentic because one, I don't know who they are to uh it's live so all of that awkward pauses that you have on a first date all the oh what do i ask him next all that is there and it's not like a highly producing like the bachelor where like you're like eh, like what was actually did he really like say that was that really her facial reaction whatever and also another element that's so fun is the commenting like there's a live community of commenters like i i sometimes wish i wasn't on the show just so i could be in the comments because it's so fun like they all know each other like it's so funny but the process for casting, we just, I started, I, I have now I have people just send in, in an email. It's called date SFK at gmail.com and people just submit people. And, um, in the beginning we just had like dates. Then we started being like, should we get people with like clout and like have more like reality stars and like people that really understand how to like, you know, right. It's a, it's a show, right? It's not like a real date. But then what happened was the fans were like, this doesn't feel real. Is he in here for the right reasons? So we, kind of <laughs> we went back to the real dating. And then of course, like I got text being like, this is kind of boring. Like it feels too real. I'm like, what do you want? So <laughs> it feels too real. What is that? What does that even mean? <laughs> right. Cause it's like, it's like, it, it's tough for me. You know, on my side, I'm on the date. I'm monitoring the comments, monitoring how many people are watching and want to give a good show because it is a TV show, but right. I'm also trying to be in the date, make him feel comfortable, which I realize is like, it's fucking scary. Like it is scary. And like, it's, it's tough because my audience is very pro me. And so they'll be like, Oh, like fuck him. Or like, we don't like him or like next, like whatever. And I'm like trying to make him, it's a lot to juggle. Like it's not like, it's no joke. So if I actually end up like dating someone after this, like I literally will be so pleased because it's so much work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but the, it's true. It is like you just said, it's the real, it is the real you essentially because your fan base and everything, they're going to be with you always. So it's true, but it's tough because it's like this, this balance of being on a real date and being genuine and kind and asking this person authentic questions that I would and also giving a real show. Yeah, yeah, and I think course. people would understand that like on a real date, like I'm not saying like, what's the craziest thing you've ever done in bed? Because like, what the fuck? I would never ask that on a first date. 
but like I'm giving entertainment. So it's very tricky balance that I'm trying to finesse and figure out. Um, but it's so fucking exhilarating to watch. Are you, are you, are you liking any of the guys? There has been like, you know, I have to say like, there's been two guys that like, one of them is a total sweetheart. And like, we FaceTimed after and like, then he like appeared on the after show last week and was like, Hey, and I was like, wait, what? And then there's the second, the, the guy that I'm going on a second date tonight, like we definitely had like a lot of chemistry. I think like the most awkward thing is when there's just like no chemistry and I'm like, oh my God, like there's just like, you can't fake it. Like this is tough, but that's kind of like the fun, right? Like they're not all going to be amazing. Um, and it's just been great. And I've also been going on dates with guys like that don't live in New York. So I think that's fun too being, and this is how I tell other people, it's like, being more open-minded, like you never know who you're going to meet. And even if it's not like the one, maybe it's someone who like can connect you to a project or like get you a job or like have some opportunities. So I think that like putting yourself out there, there's really no stakes here. You're in your fucking apartment. Like why not? You know what I mean? (laughs) That's kind of like the goal and messaging of the show. I think it's, it's so great that you're doing it as a show because at least for me to even dating in real life, I've totally had people take advantage of the situation of being an on-air personality, like 100%. Like I've had been on the date where someone's been like, so uh, those tickets for those concerts. And I'm like, check please. So, I mean, I feel like you can kind of control the narrative here too, because I mean, if someone's gonna be that much of an asshole and do that kind of situation on your show, he's ballsy and then everyone's gonna turn against him and hate him. So, I mean, you kind of are controlling the narrative in that sense. And I feel like for you, from you being a personality content creator, that's definitely gonna help you in your side of the dating pool. For him, I mean, not necessarily, sorry, not sorry, buddy, but you never know. Yeah, no, 100%. It's tough, it's a tough, like, I mean, you know, (laughs) dating shows have like full casting teams that are pre-vetted. My producer is doing this for me as a favor because she thinks it's fun. So it's like, I am truly like, it's a very like hands-on thing. And it's also tough because I, I don't want to be involved with the selection process, but I'm also like, it's, it's tough and it's fun. And I think it's just like, all I care is like, I want to make people happy, laugh and be empowered. And I feel like I'm doing a good job of that, but it's funny how they're so invested. They're like, so wait, so what's going on? And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't even thought about that guy. (laughs) You're like, who's that? I forgot about him. So it's like, I'm like, oh my God, like I have to also take this seriously because people are like, they want me to find love. It's adorable. But I will say this, like, I don't know. And I'm not saying no. I'm saying like, I don't know if my type of guy is going to be the guy that's like down to be on a live dating show. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't even know if, like, I like it that, but, but I also, like, I'm an open-minded person, so we'll see. I'm like, all I'm thinking of is the circle. Like, what's the name of that couple that, that everybody was rooting for from the beginning that you're like, who are, how are they going to be No, not the this? circle. Um, the other one, uh, Love is Blind. Love is Blind. Sorry, Love is Blind. Love is Blind is, that show is, so, I mean, I, yeah, I really want to get Mark from Love is Blind on my dating show. Like, he was one with Jessica. I would love to get him on. Love Poor Mark. Poor Mark. See, like, poor Mark, but I would be, I'm his age, like, it would be great. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm, yeah, I'm his age too. So, I mean, that's the thing too. People are going to relate to us because when you're in, when you're in our millennial, you know, generation, like, dating is a hot mess. Like, I, I know my friends have their stories. I have my stories. She has her stories and now she's obviously engaged. So it's a different situation, but 
there's just it's a lot going on because normally in in real life normally in real life we don't have time like we're workaholics you know what i mean so to even try and go on a date like i'm sorry i'm totally the type of person that if i'm spending and investing my time with you like you're lucky because we're working 24 7 if we're not working we're not event for work it's not if we're not in a event for work I want to just be with my friends and chill and just like let go and dance and drink white claw so but that's why that's why like I say it's like now is a really good time to put yourself out there because really there's like not that much on the table and you have the time to do it and I found a way to somehow connect dating and work into one thank god yeah I mean birds in one zone <laughs> does this mean that we're crazy that we're that you're trying like trying to figure out a way to even do that I mean I think it's brilliant because I we get the whole work thing. So I just, like, don't have the fucking time. And I, it's such a shit show. And like, but this is the thing, like for someone like me, like I was like, I know that I'm not, I, I mean, I just don't see that I'm going to find my person in like to my late, late twenties, early thirties. Like I'm okay with that. Like for me, like the, it has to be career. And I know you guys are the same way, but same. this bitch is a fucking ring on her finger. So she got lucky. you're doing something right. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just having fun. Why not? Yeah, no, I mean, and that's what you need to do because like you said before, you know, everyone kind of went into quarantine and was freaking out. Like I have so many friends who either fled New York or they're stranded in New York or in LA and everyone has gone through this different wave of emotion through quarantine. Like at first you're like, oh, it's fine. It's a flu. And then you're like, holy shit, it's not a flu. Like we're, it's a pandemic. And then we're like going through all these things. And even us, we were working up until two weeks ago because we're media. So when we couldn't come to work anymore, we're like, this is bad. This is really bad. So then we kind of were like, oh my God. Well, no, the best. What is going on? The best is being in Miami. It was more like when Club Live and Story were closed, we're like, okay, this is real now. That's <laughs> when we knew. Like when I had to announce. Before the lockdown, like literally, like at space till like eight in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, a, like when I say, like, if there's one person that had Corona there, we all would have, all of us, because it was just like the most, you guys have obviously been, it's like a mosh pit of fucking. Oh everything the station we work for is an edm station so we had all these plans for music week we were like having our own rooftop parties we were going to be like we are official media sponsors like we we as every day was happening i was like okay no wait ultra's canceled but like it's fine we're still going to have the rooftop oh the rooftops no the pool parties are still going to happen literally i kid you not the day i walk into the station natasha looks at me from her phone like (gasps) she goes live in story or closing i was like no like it was like slow-mo i was like this is it the end of the world it's it's official (laughs) we were supposed to be in the jacuzzi with diplo (laughs) that was in our head that's what we were doing like i'm gonna interview diplo in a jacuzzi loves that yeah like that's what's gonna be happening it's fine like yeah i I agree i think you know i mean i i so everything you're saying i resonates with me so much but I really like, I had that freak out like that first weekend when I was like, who do I fuck? No one. And my roommate's gone. I'm like, fuck. And then I was like, you know what? Like you can't, you, you can't get upset about what you can't control. I'm like, so I'm like, what? I can't like, it, this is happening. This is our new normal. And right. you have to pivot and you have to fucking go for it. And you have to make content of your content creator. And like, you just have to go and do it. And like, I just find that the people that still are like well like maybe it'll end soon or like the ones that are like the most anxious like feel like they can't like stop sitting around and waiting and fucking get it done and like that's to anything in life right like if you want something make it happen no i like and i like that approach too like especially because in this time like 
you would never think to adapt yourself in the dating world too because you'd think, oh, okay, I'm going to adapt for my for my work. I'm going to work remotely, blah, blah, blah. You wouldn't think of dating. So I have friends that I was just telling Raquel before we got on. One of my close girlfriends, she was messaging me. We were talking on FaceTime and she's like, well, you know, I've been having a lot of dreams lately with, you know, this guy and that guy. And I'm like, well, do you know them? Like, are they, are they strangers or like, are you making them up? <laughs> are they real people? Are they your friend? So like, you know, everybody's, you know, having their moment, their dry spell or whatever it is. And I'm curious to know, like, you know, I, I feel like the biggest question I want to ask you, there's two is like, one, what's your biggest advice for girls maybe who aren't like so in the career, but they still are single. They want to date. They want to have fun. Like what advice do you give to kind of just like the average girl who is sitting around at home, not knowing what to do? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just fucking do it. Like get on the apps, like apps are not dating apps they are introductory apps. Like, I think that that's kind of like the misconception here. Like you, you, that the app you match, that's nothing. That's like the equivalent of going to a bar and making eye contact with a guy. Like you need to get in the date immediately. And the way to do that is through a FaceTime. Because if you can't last 45 minutes on a FaceTime with this guy, how is he going to be your boyfriend? Yes. Maybe for the first couple minutes, it's awkward, but like chances are it's not, you have so much to talk about. One of the things being a pandemic, I think that the fact that we have a universal experience that everyone is experiencing together is, is a really great entryway for conversation Two, You're going to talk about things that are way less surface level. Like you're going to be like, like, do you know anyone? Like, Oh my God, like, I'm really anxious. Like, yeah, my dad, my mom, my aunt, whatever, where is your family? Like those kinds of conversations are way more intimate than you would have probably on a first date. Two, like literally like I think that it's also an equalizer like a FaceTime like you can end it he can end it like you don't have to worry about like if he got got you another drink ah like I feel bad but I want to go oh like how do I tell you it's you have an easy out oh my god my I think my kitchen's blowing up oh my god sorry I have a zoom <laughs> gotta run like it's so much easier to exit which I think is really empowering because it's like not that big of a fucking deal because you never have to see them again it truly I honestly think like this is the time to date. Like literally fucking set it up, do four FaceTime dates one night, 30 minutes, have a drink. And like, there's just like, no, <laughs> do this. Change outfits. <laughs> Change, Change outfits. Or don't like, or fucking don't like, you know, I just think like it's, it's, it's really, truly, it takes so much pressure off. I, I believe, you know? Um, and if a guy's like, ah, oh, I feel weird about FaceTiming, then like literally buy like what your ring light is in here from Amazon. Like we've been here for two months. Like let's fucking go. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I gotta, I gotta ask you, what is one of the worst dates that you've been on? Oh, oh my God. Well, one of the first ones, you know, the guy and I really, like, he was a total fucking asshole. I'm like, was just like, like really it felt more like an interview than a date and it was really weird and then I kind of was like not down obviously super respectful and he literally like went off at me he was like you're like what the fuck like you're a bitch like you don't want to be with a fucking doctor and I was like first of all you're a dentist second of all no no I don't you shut up it was like a very like interesting switch of like like male toxic masculinity of like like he couldn't handle the rejection like at all like he became like a fucking monster and I was like whoa like I wasn't even I, I honestly wasn't even like rejecting him that hard I wasn't like ew like I don't I was just like this was nice like no thank you Not and went off and it was crazy but I really kept my cool and like everyone was like let's fucking go like I was just like okay like bye rude uh, I think that like if someone rejects you girl guy whatever heterosexual homosexual relationship whatever like you need to see it as honestly a blessing because for me, like 
I've been going through it. Like I have guys that I'm like, are you interested or not? Like, because honestly, I'd rather know, like, don't fucking like waste my time here. Like, like, you know, so I say like, when you get rejected, it's the best thing a guy can do for you instead of being like semi down half in half out. Right. Like you just want to know. So. I agree. And I think that's a good message for even younger girls too, because I wish I had that message when I was, you know, 14, having a crush on a guy and God knows how I felt when I was rejected. So. Yeah. It's no, no, no. It fucking sucks. And it's so easy for you to be like, what did I do wrong? It's like, even me, the queen of confidence, like I get like that too, where I'm like, what did I do? Did I text him too many periods or why is there like, what the fuck? No, bitch, you didn't do shit. And I really like, I live by this principle. If a guy likes you, you will know. And if he doesn't, you'll be confused. And when you're confused next, because it really, and I'm sure you can agree with me because you're fucking engaged. Like you're not, you know, you did not question if he loved you or if he was into you, whatever, because it should be seamless. I'm making an assumption here, but I really do believe that like, the guys that are like, we're racking our brains and like, we're like, you know, like you should just be free to be yourself. And like the right person will come. You will find your person. And I say this to all the young girls are like, Oh, like I'm single. I'm like, you're going to find your fucking person. Why don't you focus on securing the bag first? No. And you're right. You're just, just to agree with you. You are correct. So <laughs> how awkward would it have been if you're like, no, actually I had no idea. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> Next question yeah totally I was totally confused and I just said yes you know no 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 no. he he definitely um that was a huge thing because I had been single for a couple years before I had met him too so I was doing the dating app and that you know all that stuff I went in that world and I had fun and I met a lot of different people or whatever but it was the same thing I had that same approach as you guys where it's like you know oh maybe you could take it as an opportunity for just a friendship like it doesn't mean that it has to like go somewhere romantic I mean obviously that's your goal and then you meet your assholes along the way and your dirt bags and whatever. Um, but yeah, no, when I met him, I mean, it was like one of the first things, like I was like, if I'm going to go with somebody and I want to like actually settle down or even just get in a long-term relationship, I was like, yeah, it's got to be somebody who gives me that security and that validity. I mean, it can't be like this wishy-washy, like, are you a player? Are you not a player? Are you, you know, are you committed to me? Are you not? Are you texting me? Like, are you not texting me? Are you reading my messages? Are you not? Like, I can't, I can't with that. Yeah, I can't. And I think that like we overcomplicate it and because we don't want to believe the truth and we don't want to like say like, he's just not that into me and like move on. Like, so we like overcomplicate it. And we're like, but he did this. Like he did invite me over. Like we locked eyes. Like, I think I got the eyes and it's like, no bitch. Nope. Nope. Like he's not texting you. He's not trying to see you. He doesn't want to be with you. And like, just move on and move forward and the right person will come. I think there's a lot of like self-validating too that you try and give yourself to make yourself be like, well, I, I mean, this happened. So like, obviously, or even I feel like too, it's like, in our 20s you want validation from your friends too and that is just something that you should stay away from i i always keep my dating life very private like i never post about it just because we're such public people so i like to keep like that at least for myself so that way you don't have the entire <laughs> fucking world posting about it like i don't need your opinion on that what are your opinions on guys like sliding into the dms because obviously you're a public figure. It's going to happen all the time, especially with the show. And just, again, with, like, the, the self-validation from your friends or your family, like, this is your life at the end of the day. So how do you – what advice do you have to give to guys, girls within that aspect also? Like, it's funny. Like, the dating show is so front-facing. It's so public. But, like, I have been speaking to someone, like, you know, on the side and, like, who I didn't meet from the show who I actually was dating before. And like, I would never like, you know, 
I, I would keep that really private and separate because I agree. I think that that's sacred. And I think that the only thing you're doing is inviting people to give their opinions mm-hmm. and to validate the decision for you. And that should just, it should just not be the case. And in terms of just like, when you mean self-validation, do you mean like telling your friends about a guy and them liking the guy? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I think for, I think that because that, I, I know so many girls, like, like when I was, when I dated my ex last year, everyone was like, so when are you going to post a picture about him? Like we want to, and I'm like, why do I need your validation that I'm like, this is my business. Like if your friends are like that. Yeah. I just think that those are good friends. Like, I think that your friends are going to respect what you want to do. And also your friends are going to like whoever's making you happy. Like, that's what I realized. Like all of my friends, boyfriends, like the ones that I really love are the ones that they're so genuinely happy. You know what I mean? And that's what I care about, about my friends. So even if the guy isn't like their cup of tea in the real world, like if he's making me happy and he treats me well, then like everyone should support it. Right. But I think that in terms of like posting and that pressure and the labels, it's just like, it's all smoke and mirrors because I really honestly think that if you feel secure in your relationship, the guy doesn't even have to text you every day because you know, like, you know where you stand with him. And I think the idea of like posting and all that, it's just like, it's like what you said, it's about getting the validation from everyone else, getting the comments and the likes and the like, you know, but you don't need that if you're truly secure in how you feel. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that with social media has kind of warped also the dating world because everyone's like, oh my God, is he hot enough to post? I have to post this picture. And you're like, take a deep breath. Like you don't need to post a picture every second. I mean, Natasha's engaged. She doesn't post a picture with her fiance every second it, well, of and it the actually, day. It actually, it actually took us time to even get to that point too, because it's one of those things where I think everybody can relate where like, you might have that one relationship where you posted too much and then you then you mute yourself because afterwards you're like, oh shit, like I went too public. Now I got to go real private. So, it, I mean, in my case, it's it's become a balance. But. That happened to me too. <laughs> that happened to everyone. I like went off and everyone was like, I can't believe you guys broke up. You guys were like so happy. And I was like, no, we fucking worry, bitch. I also think that that's another thing. Like when you are unhappy in a relationship you tend to over project like we're perfect everything's fine and it's truly the relationships where everything is so stable and amazing that you don't feel the need to have to share it to the world because you know in yourself that it's true I mean I think that's just everyday life too it's like when you see the people posting the most or doing this and they're so happy like when you sit down with them it's happened to me you're 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 not, you're actually just like wow there's so much going on like I'm putting up this front so I think that's something to kind of balance as well with life with dating is like if you're unhappy don't post that day if you're happy post that day but don't vomit it all over social media like you know what I mean you don't necessarily have to that's kind of what I've done I have I have friends where they'll be like I'll like vent to them about something like obviously relationships aren't perfect either but it's like in my case I'll say something like oh you know this happened between us or whatever I'm venting and then they're like wait but Yesterday, I saw you so happy and laughing. And I'm like, I know, because we were joking. But like, it doesn't mean that like tomorrow we can't get in a fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> 100%. I, I, you know, I have to say my posts on social media that have always done the best and had the most engagement are the times where I'm like being fucking real and being like, I'm not 100% today. Like, I'm anxious. Like, and I think because people are like, oh, like you're always on. Like, we just assume that you were always happy. And I was like, uh, hello, I'm a human fucking being. So I think like- right like you know showing that truth up to you though obviously I think like there's you have to have a balance because then if not it feels kind of like you're seeking for attention it's tough like it's tough to be a very 
public facing person. Like, it's just like, you have to think about things. Your life is your work. Your work is your life. And you know, you want to share because people want access, but you know, you also want to keep things private. It's a total balancing game. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting situation. I feel like people don't always see that side of it. I mean, it's like anything else. Like you said, you're a human being, you're going to have emotions, but I think that's also why this dating show works so well for you because like you said, you're honest, it's not scripted. I mean, you guys got to watch it. It's so good. It's so funny. So wait, what happens if you like next week have a guy and you're like obsessed with him and you fall in love and happily ever after, like the show over? What are, what do we do then? Bitch, I don't settle. Like, no, (laughs) like fuck that. I'm going on a second date tonight because the date went well enough to do that. I think, you know, me and my friends were literally fucking that. And we were like, oh my God, like what if like when the pandemic ends, like we like fly every, all the guys like into a room and I'm screaming. I'm actually like freaking the fuck out, but like it would be so funny. So like I just enter and I'm like, hello. Like, what, what about like, what about like when this ends and like I'm on the street and I bump into one of the guys, like it's like we, like it's so weird. Like it's such a crazy experience that like, we went on a date, but we didn't go on a date. Like, it's so fucking weird. Like, it's so funny. So if I fall in love, like, TBD, but, like, doubt it. But we'll see. <laughs> like, I'm also not going to settle. Like, my 20s are for fucking figuring it out. So Yes. Preach, sister. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, well, Serena, thank you so much for joining us. It was so much fun. You guys got to check out her show. Uh, plug yourself everywhere so everyone can go find you, because I guarantee you, after this episode, everyone's going to be like, oh, my God. As they fucking should. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. You guys can find me, Serena Kerrigan, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. My show's Let's Fucking Date. We have an Instagram set up for it too, so that way you can see all the past dates on IGTV because, like, you're gonna wanna watch. And it's on Fridays at 8 30 Eastern, and it's a shit show. So get them all. <laughs> you're not gonna regret it. Thank you so much for joining us. I had I had such a blast and I really hope that like so many people start watching this and like get involved and part of the crew and like F you this, F you that with all those other guys that are going to come on the show. Nuts. Nuts. I'm scared. No, don't be scared. It's amazing. I love what you do. We love what you do here at Millennial Girls and thanks for being a part of it. Thank you guys so much for having me. All of our episodes are on YouTube, so make sure to subscribe there if you want to watch the entire episode and interview. And of course, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud if you want to hear it as well. Make sure to follow us there, and we will see you guys in the next one. Peace, love, and unicorns.